Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. If you're doing it the right way, anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Travis Makes Friends podcast. My name is Eric. I'm Travis Chappell's producer. And on today's show, you're going to hear from Patrick Bet David, Sean Cannell, and Chris Van Fleet on how to crush it as a content creator. First up is, of course, Patrick Bet David. He is the founder of PHP Agency, an insurance sales, marketing, and distribution company that is now one of the fastest growing companies in the financial marketplace. But that's not all Patrick has done. His popularity surged when he created a buzz in the hearts of entrepreneurs all over the world when The Life of an Entrepreneur in 90 Seconds, a video he created, accumulated over 30 million views online. It became a book in June 2016 called The Life of an Entrepreneur in 90 Pages. That video and scores of other videos comprise his library of edifying, educational, and inspirational content about entrepreneurship, all available at Valuetainment, a media brand he conceived and founded. Value Team exists to teach the fundamentals of entrepreneurship and personal development while inspiring people to break from limiting beliefs or other constraints and achieve their dreams. It's been referred to as the best channel for entrepreneurs. Next up is Sean Cannell. Sean Cannell is a YouTuber, international speaker, and a coach that helps entrepreneurs build their influence and income with online video. Sean's YouTube channels have over 1 million subscribers. His videos have been viewed over 100 million times, and he has been featured in the 20 must-watch YouTube channels that will change your business by Forbes. And last but not least is Chris Van Fleet. Chris is a four-time Emmy award-winning TV host, entertainment reporter, and YouTuber based in Los Angeles, California. He has traveled the world reporting from events like Oscars, Grammys, and the Cannes Film Festival. You may be familiar with the interviews that Chris posts on YouTube, but to just call them interviews doesn't seem fair because they are so much more than that. Chris dives deep into interesting topics with his trademark conversational approach that makes it feel like two old friends catching up. This is the case whether it's a wrestling superstar like John Cena, The Rock, or Hulk Hogan, or a Hollywood A-lister like Oprah Winfrey, Tom Cruise, or Will Smith. There is so much value packed in today's episode, you're not going to miss a single second. And remember, if you find anything helpful, grab a screenshot of this episode and post it to your stories with the tag at Travis Chapel. All right, let's crush it as a content creator and get into today's show. I follow content creators that have the ultimate trifecta, is what I call T, T-E-A. They have their own theories. Their theories, like I believe dot dot dot. Mm-hmm. I believe you ought to do this. Great. Then they have experience, which experience means you worked with Steve Jobs and you watched what Steve Jobs did on a daily basis, and you work with them for five years. That's very valuable. Mm. If I get a chance to work with somebody that watched Steve Jobs for five years, I put a lot of value behind you. But it's not the ultimate value, and it's just what makes sense. The ultimate value to me is A, which is application. So the person that has theories and has experience and has application is the person that gives feedback and opinions based on they personally having done it. You're going to learn a lot talking to Steve Jobs about what happened with him versus 28 employees that worked with him 
versus reading the book of, a somebody, of somebody that's never met Steve Jobs writing about his theories. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Yeah. So it all depends on who you're trying to be in a content creator. The content I wanted to create, <coughs> uh, I'm the guy that's uh, a little bit uh, uh, on the skeptical side when feedback's being given and the content's being given. I want to know who the content's being given to, who it's coming from, where's the motivation behind it. Yeah. And then from there, I'll go and grasp and say, well, you know, these kinds of things are stuff that I'll take from it, all the other stuff. He just probably picked that up from a couple books or mentor that he had. So again, if you're trying to be an expert of experts of experts, the standards and expectations way higher. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get out there and create content and have you know telling stories and create a podcast and YouTube and you know entertain, I mean you know it doesn't take much to do that. Yeah. Where you want to be in that ranking, that's completely up to you. So and by the way, you can monetize being at this level versus also monetizing me at the highest level. <laughs> right, right. So where yeah. do you want to be? That's the what, question. Where are your, what, are your, what are your particular goals? What are you right. solving for? What are you solving for? Like, I, I can't see myself not building a business. Mm. It's as if you took uh, Alicia Keys' voice away from her. Mm -hmm. If I can't build a business and see a business grow and individuals grow on a team and we're building, <clears throat> we're solving problems and crises and investors and board meetings and numbers and data and trends and charts and challenges and failures and enemies and all if i don't see that like mm -hmm. i gotta wake up going after that but that's me yeah. that doesn't have to be everybody and, and why do you think that is why, why do you think that you have to be doing that is it dna is it culture what, what made you that way do you think? I, I don't i don't know if it's dna or not because if i go back and i look at myself never in my life here's one thing uh, that most people don't realize I'm 6'4", I'm 235, I used to be a bodybuilder, I'm pretty athletic, but I've never played organized sports in my life. Hmm. I don't think people realize this. Like, I don't have a single high, I've never played high school baseball. I was a great hitter, but I never played high school baseball. I never played basketball. I never played organized football. I've never been part of an organized sports team. So I don't have a... Part, like if, if somebody were to go investigate my 50 friends, teachers, people that I hung out with in high school and say, who is Patrick Bay David? Nobody would tell you this guy's gonna amount to anything in his life. Nobody would tell you, no one. My counselor, Miss Kay, said, I feel sorry for your parents. She said this to you. She said this to me because my dad had heart attacks. I don't blame him. I would also be having heart attacks if I had a kid like you. There was nothing that somebody would say this guy's going places. So. A teacher named Miss Sinclair believed in me, and she was a major in the U.S. Army. And I said, you're in the Army? Yes. Then I went and sat down with a guy named Jesus Guerra, a recruiter, which I'd love to one day find you, Jesus, wherever you are right now. Jesus, you should probably be today around 50 years old. If anybody knows Jesus Guerra from the Glendale Recruiting Station, reach out to me. I'd love to speak to you. So Jesus Guerra recruits me at 14, 15 years old, but I don't get recruited until 18 years old. I went and joined the Army. I was three years in the Army at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, 101st Airborne, and I was getting ready to re-enlist, go to 18K, 18 Delta, Sears program, go to Vicenza, Italy, you know, do a, a DLI in Monterey, California, because I spoke four or five languages, and I was going to go be part of fifth group, and then I was going to do all this other stuff. And then friend calls and says, you ought to come out. Why? Pat, I don't know if you know or not. I, I always looked at you as a Middle Eastern Will Smith. Middle Eastern Will Smith. <laughs> Yeah, because you would make us laugh and you would tell stories and you were entertaining and you were, you know, people liked you and you had this. I'm like, I've never heard anybody tell me that before. No, of course, that's how we view you. You got to come out. It's cool. One guy believes. I get out. I accidentally meet a girl at Venice Beach named Jean Vier who works at Morgan Stanley Dean Widow. We start dating. She picks me up in nice bars, we, nice cars. We'd go to Dublin's uh, Hollywood. We'd go out. We'd have a great time. And 
I'd say, well, how do you make your money? I'm in financial services. What do you work at? Morgan Stanley Dean Widow. How do I work there? You need a four-year degree. I'm not going back to college. They want to hire you. So finally, I got my job there. By the way, I send out my resume with a cover letter. I put a joke. I said, if this joke makes you laugh, call me. That's exactly how my clients are going to feel when they do business with me. So I sent it to 100 different financial services. 30 of them called me back. They laughed. They said, very funny approach. 15 gave me an interview. Three gave me an offer. Day before 9-11. Today is 9-12. Day before 9-11, I got into the financial industry, 01. And then I got into it. Then I liked it. Then there was an itch. Then I said, I like this. Then I saw mm -hmm. the impact. Then capitalism got into my heart. Then I realized what entrepreneurship could do for every single human being around the world. Around the world, we need to create, we need to be part of a community, and we need to own. When you own something, you have ownership. You have a sense of ownership. You're part of a community. We're trying to create. We're trying to solve issues. Those things collectively together, I said, I want to spread this message for the rest of my life. So now it has become part of my DNA. Hmm. I can't tell you if it was back in the days, but today it's my heir. The thing about YouTube, though, is it is a leveraged platform, meaning it's a tough debate between quality and quantity. Yeah. I would pick quality. Okay. Maybe quantity when you're getting started because you're not even able to create quality quality yet because sure. you're building your voice, whatever, sure. do 50 to hundred videos. Cause you're just getting your cadence down. You'd probably say interview hundred people before you even kind of start getting good at interviews. Yeah, it's yeah. like you, you just get better over time. It doesn't mean you can't have great results on the journey there, but at some point the power of YouTube is you can create a great video today that keeps getting viewed for weeks, months, and years to come. And that's one of my biggest messages. We have 10 year old videos. In fact, we just studied one on a coaching call, our YouTube boot camp. So I pulled it up. It got 3,600 views. It's 12 years old. 3,600 views in the last year. It made $16. It talks about an Amazon of product. So it probably made a couple hundred dollars of this Amazon. It's a 12 year old video. That's crazy. People yeah. say passive income doesn't exist. I'm like, okay, maybe not for well, you. That's pretty passive. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It does for me. All I know is like, and like, yeah, well you, and, and obviously at some point you had to set an emotion that's unique to YouTube. It's very yeah, much, and very, it, it's very a very true, specific yeah. long tail niche accessory to a niche camera does it work in every niche every topic no but it, it does in certain areas and and the punchline being if you put in quality and by the way this video wasn't even quality but what was quality about it clear topic clear thumbnail clear title and i explained and kind of unboxed and gave a tutorial around something very practical we've all probably watched that we're like what pressure washer should i buy we go to youtube some guy who's filming on his phone that's like drunk, but we're like, this guy's got a shop full of tools. Like he's, right. he knows what he's talking seems about. Seems credible. Yeah. Seems, and, and he's like showing it and he's like, oh yeah, I didn't even know about PSI. And like, and, yeah. and I bought a pressure washer that way. Cause I was like, you know, on YouTube looking, it was the information I wanted yeah. positioned. Well, I'm trying to decide, am I getting a Honda pressure washer or a Ryobi, whatever. And so all that to say is I wouldn't be much more thoughtful about going slow and putting out quality pieces of content that can get views for weeks, months, and years to come. The key term is evergreen. Yeah. I grew up in Seattle, Washington, evergreen trees. They're, they're green all year long. They're not, this is not covering news. Yeah. This is not jumping on trending trending. topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is jumping on valuable information for weeks, months, and years to come. And the momentum that builds around that is what we're experiencing at Think Media. We get about there, we get about 250,000, 300,000 views every two days. I would argue 80% of that would keep going for a year without stopping. With new, no new uploads. With no saying. new uploads. And then it would drop 20%, 10%, 15%. 
20%. To that point, it's fascinating. Our video influencers channel, we have not uploaded in in a couple of years, still makes 20 grand a year. Wow. Okay. Um, just from old videos that keep getting viewed. This is a very Just real from Google AdSense. Google AdSense. We just, uh, the channel's completely ignored at this yeah. point. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. And that's no uh, another passive income. For a dead channel. I mean, that's not yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over one hundred and forty million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. I mean, that's like a full-time VA or a part-time it's, employee. Or something. It's wild. Yeah, and, and I agree with the passive income critics. Yeah. We put in a Herculean amount of effort creating all sure, that content. Sure. Yeah. But, but nevertheless, I definitely have forgotten about it. I'm taking a nap yeah, right. and getting paid. And so it is work you did. Yes. And, and this is for smart business owners. They understand leverage. Leverage yeah. is a big deal. And that's real leverage. Like, totally, okay, I want totally. the work I do today to just be able to produce for me tomorrow. Yep. Even if I have to work really hard. You don't got to like the, the whole goal is to not have to wake up and go hunt every day for the rest of your life. Yes. It's like some people will always do that. Every day, they're 62 years old, they wake up and they got to go hunt. Uh-huh. And it's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like only hunt if I want some, you know, gourmet 100%. meal, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like um, I'm only hunting when I want to, if I have the freedom to choose, you know, if you treat podcasting like a business, it will start to pay you like a business. Yep. I think there's too many people that will record one or two episodes, take a week off because life got too crazy, pick it back up in three weeks. Your audience is not going to show up when you do that. Mm -hmm. I think that you need to make the commitment to your audience that you're going to show up every Monday or every Monday and Wednesday or whatever it happens yep. to be. Then your audience is going to start to show up for you. Yep. And I think that that's the biggest thing. Sure. I say this all the time. The best thing about podcasting is anybody can do it. The worst thing about podcasting is anybody can do it and there's no barrier of entry. If you are going to get in, I think you need to fully commit to actually doing it. Yeah. Right. Like, 
You can't just go, man, me and my friends are funny. So let's record and do this thing. We love talking about the maple leaves. Yeah. So let's make this bangles. Yeah. Let's drink beer and talk about the bangles. Yeah. Once every four months when we all have the time to sit down all the time. Uh, That's gotta be yeah, prolifer proliferating in that space. Especially because like everybody has a take about anything. And I get that. I love that. Sure. That's one of the best things about the internet. Right. Just because everybody has a take doesn't mean that everybody needs to put their take out there. Right. doesn't mean it's valuable. Especially in the world of wrestling where there's rumors all the time. Like people will be like, this person said this thing. They must be true. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's interesting that like anybody can start it, but can you continue doing it? Totally. I I think that finding your niche that that's a big thing that we always hear people talking about is like, find your niche. Well, that's a difficult thing. Mm -hmm. But once you do find your niche, once you do find that thing that you're passionate about, it is easier now more than ever to become an expert in that thing. Right. Like within 18 months, if you picked something today mm-hmm. and you started a podcast, maybe you even wrote a book about it. Yeah. And then you started putting out like videos, like where you're talking directly to the camera about it within 18 months and you're speaking on stages, you could be the expert right. or one of the experts on that thing. If that was your topic and your niche and you stuck to it. Absolutely. If you would just commit to something and do it for a while, you know, it's always the underestimation of work is, is what gets me, especially in, in podcasting specifically. And, and especially because we talk to a lot of business owners. So I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs that are used to like, Hey, if we pull this lever, we know that we can get this much out of this thing, you know? And they're like, but, and they come to the podcast space expecting to do the same thing. And, And these are people who've built and sold companies that are nine figures, like people who are independently wealthy that have a ton of money, a ton of knowledge to share and valuable insights. And they, even they can't come in and buy their way into being famous immediately. It's just going to take time and and it frustrates some people, but it's that that's, it's almost the, I was talking to Jordan Harbinger about this. It's like the great equalizer is like not every celebrity who starts a podcast is destined to be really successful with it. There's been a lot of celebrities who you'd think are are coming into the space and just like, oh, they're going to be huge. Six months later, they fizzle out because they didn't get the results they wanted. I think a lot of that, though, is like who's backing it, right? Sure. And who's producing it? Is it even a good concept to begin with? Because just because you have a former president hosting a podcast doesn't mean it's going to be great. Right. But we, we're now starting to see that when Spotify creates a podcast and puts the machine of Spotify behind it, right. and every time anybody's opening up their app and they're seeing that that's a new podcast, and those pop-ups now, like yep. you open up Spotify and there's a pop-up about a podcast you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. It's like, I see what you're doing here. They've turned it into a science for sure. They know. Yeah, yeah. but even they miss a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I was reading something um, recently where they, they like eliminated this entire like division of their content um, arm uh, that was producing a bunch of new shows and they canceled all the new shows and fired a bunch of people in that, in that division. And it was just, even then it was a realization for me that was like, even a company with basically unlimited funding and probably more data on podcasts than anybody else in the world, even they aren't going to create a show and have it like they don't, it's not, an exact science. But they're not all home you know? runs. Right. It's, it's the same way when you make a television program. Exactly. Like not every TV program gets past the pilot. Right. Not everyone gets renewed for a second season. And mm-hmm. I think it's the same with podcasting. Totally. You, you take enough swings, eventually you're going to hit a home run. It's just that if you don't ever get started, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It's not going to just not just going to happen on accident, That's, and it's not going to happen after three episodes. I get those messages you know? all the time of like, I, I want to do this. What's the best advice you have for me? It's like, well, just do it. Yeah, like, actually start. The big thing, dude, is the commitment. Yes, it's um a friend of mine, uh, Eric Sue. Um, I don't know if you know Eric. He's no. co-host of of the Marketing School podcast with uh, Neil Patel, and they they do well. They get I don't know million plus downloads a month or something like that. And, uh, I was reading something that he wrote out the other day and it basically said that he was like, if you're doing anything in content, expect the minimum of three years before you have enough to go off of, to figure out what the next iteration is going to be like three years is the number. And I was like, that's even a little bit farther, like more than I typically recommend to people. Um, but I think what he's really talking to is people who've never done anything in content or communication or hosting or speaking or any of those things. You're developing multiple skills at once. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't just like come in and be really good at it. And if you can, you'll probably have faster results than other people because you have maybe a natural ability to, you know, be maybe more charismatic or whatever. Um, but for most people, you're starting at, at the base. You're starting from, from scratch on day one where it's like, you don't know how to be a successful podcaster or YouTuber, but also you don't know how to interview somebody. You don't know how to ask somebody to be a guest in your show. You don't know how to communicate with that person. You don't know how to ask good questions. You don't know how to prepare for an interview. You don't know how to, like, there's so many skills that you don't currently have that are preventing you from doing this. So when you're looking at it and going like, I'll give it like a couple months, you know, like I'll, I'll throw a couple episodes out there, see what happens. It's like, I'll tell you what happens. Save yourself the time. <laughs> I will tell you, you know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll yeah. predict your future right now. Um, it's not going to work. It, it is, it is the development of that skill set and craft over time which is why like we talked about this before, but that's why I think like you stepped into the podcast and YouTube world and you did well. Uh, and it not saying not tr- trying to take anything away from the hard work that you had after you started, but you put in like a freaking decade of work before you started hosting, asking good questions, figuring yeah. out how to elicit responses from people that get asked questions all the time. Like that's a real skill set. I'll tell you the thing that really is really escalated my YouTube channel was I was willing to do things that other people weren't willing to do. Mm. I was willing to drive to go do an interview. I was willing to fly and pay for my own flight, my own hotel to go do an interview. All I needed was someone to say yes. Mm. I would reach out to someone. All I needed was them to say yes. And I go, great. Well, now I got to find my way to Phoenix. (laughs) Somehow, you know, get to Las Vegas. Yep. And that was a big thing, especially before Zoom interviews were even a thing. Right. I hadn't done an interview virtually before the pandemic. Oh, really? Wow. One. Wow. And actually, I put a tweet out like the first week of the pandemic in March of 2020. And I said, guys, never done a virtual interview before. What do you suggest? Mm. I had a lot of people throwing out suggestions. I ended up in a Zoom kind of be sure. kind of place where everyone was. Yeah. Flocking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was easy, right? Right. But. Up until that point, they were all done in person. That's wild. I was driving five hours. This is one where like I had a I got a scoop with Chris Jericho. <laughs> I drove nice. five hours to do this interview. I was editing it on the way back on my laptop as my buddy was driving, and then we <laughs> the laptop died. <laughs> we pulled over to a service station to plug it back in to finish the export. Yeah. Like that was the type of stuff I was doing. And I think that now there's a lot of podcasters that are so conditioned to just, here's a Zoom link. Totally. Yeah, 100%, dude. Those conversations aren't the same. 
That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com slash team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet and leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.